Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. From news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how can we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all of the information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Right, Jeff? Right, Joe. I'm really glad you're here because I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) I I gave the awkward look to the camera. I I believe in you, Joe. Oh, thanks, man. I'm having a rough day. No, I'm (laughs) I'm not at all, actually. Uh, I would give a shout out to my wife today, whose birthday it is today as we're recording, but I don't think she listens to very many of these episodes. So, <laughs> hey, honey, and everyone else listening. <laughs> she, did you say she's 40? Yeah, she turned 40 today. So here's what is difficult for me, <laughs> is your wife was in junior high when I was her youth pastor. Yeah, how about that? So I feel super old right now. Yeah, Super awesome. duper old. Yeah. So I'm going with Mandy being 29. All right. That's, that's sweet. Uh, it's funny. For uh, for the most part, Mandy is definitely not one of those people that's like, you know, oh yeah, I'm 29. You know, how old are you? And she doesn't necessarily care at all, partly because she has a vibrant life and she's good to go. But uh, it is funny from other people's perspectives because her parents were even saying a version of that. That means we have a 40-year-old child. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. It, there's something about when you cross into 40... It's like a deal, and then 50 is another deal. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, even though you don't feel it you're because you're immature, <laughs> uh, it still shows up. There's this guy that I listen to sometimes. He does a lot of, like, leadership training and everything. He said, really, the only difference between a middle schooler and his adult is the adult has learned how to act in public, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too far off. So, uh, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> Oh, my. Well, Jeff, we have another submitted question today, and uh, it's a longer question, and I think it breaks down a few things here pretty well, so let's just dive right in. Our listener asks, why do some churches perform gay marriages? Hmm. I was listening to a uh, Canadian Anglican priest who does these short devotionals, and I found out that they not only marry gays, but have also ordained a, uh, a gay couple as priests. I feel like these churches are cherry-picking what is sin and what is and isn't in the Bible. Uh, I'm not sure how to handle this, and I feel heartbroken that churches are straying so far from the Word of God. They preach against things like adultery or lying, stealing, etc., and then they sanction gay marriage. I'm left scratching my head. I'm not homophobic. I have family members who are gay and have considered um, taking making changes that they're uh, like they're, I just butchered this line that's right in front of me. I can't read sometimes. <laughs> you ever get ahead of yourself when you're reading something? And yes. Yeah. So, um, but they they have family members that have considered going trans. I have a brother-in-law who is homosexual. I'm fully aware that I do not answer to God for their lifestyles, their actions, their desires, uh, but only have to answer this question: Did I love them with the love of Christ? Yeah. So. Of course, our listener is opening up a whole uh, can of worms here with all kinds of things, but the overarching question is, how is it that some church leaders will so willingly walk down these aisles, Mm -hmm. so to speak, and just allow all of this to happen? That's a a very uh, good question and a a, uh, difficult one. So um, the short answer and then we'll talk about it, is that just because 
a group has a building and calls themselves a church does not mean they are one. Wow. So um, when, when you get into the book of Revelation, uh, you see that uh, Jesus speaks to seven different churches there, and he critiques them a little bit. And uh, basically what he says is, uh, this is what you're doing well, this is what you're doing poorly, and then he kind of goes through that seven times. And then he says, um, in essence, I'm obviously paraphrasing this aggressively, uh, he says, if you do not honor me and love me and proclaim me correctly, I will remove what he calls his lampstand, or mm-hmm. he'll take the, the, the light and the power out of, the Holy, of the Holy Spirit out of their life. So a, a church... Jesus would be abundantly clear, is not a building that there there's buildings or places that churches meet. So a church is a people, but it's not just any people. Right. It's not a it's not a, a not for profit group. It's not a group that agrees with each other. So we all kind of have a same cultural view of something. Um, A church is a people that Christ has called to himself who are faithful to Christ and the gospel and truth that he proclaims. Now, the logical question would be, like, Pastor Jeff, Dr. Bogue, did you just say some people teach Christ and aren't his followers? And I am saying that is what I said. Yep. And when Jesus talks about and describes the end of time, when he is going to separate the sheep from the goats, so the sheep and the goats, the, the, uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and follow me. So there's sheep, and then there's goats who are not sheep. The sheep and the goats are in the same pen. They would say that they follow the same shepherd, they would eat the same spiritual food. They're going to graze in the same field. Uh-huh. But Jesus is very clear that even though they would call on him, journey with his people, be around him, identify with him, I know my sheep and they know me and I do not know the goats. They even, in that passage of scripture, they even do the same activities. Uh-huh. They do social good uh, and they they um, are generous in ways, but their hearts. The difference is the heart of the sheep are yielded to Christ. The heart of the goats would have Christ like improving their life, and so it's Jesus who says, "Many on that day will say, Lord, Lord," and He says, "I will look at you and say, I do not know you. Yeah. Depart from me." And tragically, that is in churches, and churches with a cross, this isn't just like Islam and Christianity, Buddhism, Christianity, churches with a cross who have distorted and perverted the gospel and have distorted and perverted the Word of God. So in this example... The, the only way that you can get from what the Bible teaches about in the New Testament about marriage to practicing what this church practices is to distort the Word of God. Yeah. 
Um, the only way that you can look and say this sin is uh, the relevant sin and this one nobody cares about is to distort the Word of God. Now, let me say this. This is nothing new. Just change the topic. Sure. So let's talk about slavery. Mm-hmm. How in the world can in the name of Jesus human beings own another human being and say it's the will of God. Yeah, you can't. Be, because they're going to look at God's word and they're going to say, well, slaves, submit to your mouth. They're going to distort and pervert mm-hmm. the word of God. Uh, how in the world, when the, when the Bible says, uh, not a, the old King James would say, jot or tittle, that okay. like not one thing should be removed from this book, how in the world... Do you come up with a whole nother book of the Bible called our, our book called Mormonism, the mm-hmm. Book of Mormon, and say this one has the key to now every we're Jesus' saints. Mm-hmm. We're gonna sing the same songs. H- how do you do that? It's only by distorting and perverting the word of God. So this is something that's constant and consistent. It's not new. The remedy uh, for this is that there is, there are also churches, what the Bible often refers to as a remnant, who are faithful to God's Word. So what's fascinating about the church is the church tends to correct itself. So it's believers not distorting and perverting the Word of God that advocated for abolitionism against slavery. Does that sure. make sense? Yep. So, so you would go back to the Bible, teach it correctly, let it say what it plainly says, and you would bring correction to that. Sometimes society will agree with that, like in the case of like a slavery. Uh-huh. Other times they will not. But our fidelity is to the gospel of Jesus Christ, first and foremost— and the Word of God, that also means we love, that means we endure. That doesn't just mean we yell back and forth and we're right and you're wrong. It means we do things with gentleness and respect. That's the way the Bible teaches it. But it does mean we do not move, we do not apologize, and and we do not change because the culture is demanding that we change. And that's what you're seeing like here with gay marriage and things like that. That's a cultural demand uh-huh. that has never been demanded before in the history of the church. Uh-huh. So it's a cultural demand that the church is acquiescing to, um, and that's where that comes from. The other part of this is many, many quote-unquote churches concern themselves with the acceptance and the approval of their membership. And so as the membership changes and wants something new, the pastors will change. Mm. So the sheep, in Jesus' metaphor, the sheep are leading the shepherds. Sure. And I can tell you from experience, it's not easy (laughs) being a shepherd that has to stand against sheep sometimes. Mm -hmm. But that's the calling of the shepherds and the elders. So it's it's that kind of stuff is how you wind up in these places. Yeah, that makes sense. It's uh, it's not that the shepherd doesn't interact with or even react to sheep's the sheep's needs. It's that the sheep don't lead the shepherd. 
Right. Uh, and so that that's an important thing. Matthew 7 was the passage you're referring to where Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those that do the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many to me on that day will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name or in your name drive out demons or in your name perform many miracles? I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evildoers. And what he's, what he's really getting at here is like, just because you invoke my nomenclature doesn't mean that suddenly it's my will. Yeah. Like the whole point of the church are those that are following Jesus. In Matthew 16, Jesus says, I will build my church, which means if he's not initiating it, if it's not something that he wants done, then it's not the church. That's right. And, and I think what you just said there about following Jesus is, is the thing. Having Jesus say what I need him to say is not following him. I, I Sometimes I'll say uh, the number one sign for me of a true disciple or spiritual maturity is you stop arguing with the Bible. <laughs> Instead of saying, it doesn't really say that, or if we reinvent, um, you know, we suddenly we want God to be um, fine with something. So we're going to, out of the blue, discover something that's... The most studied and critiqued book in the planet in the history of the planet. Suddenly, you figured out mm-hmm. that it says exactly what you wanted to say. I'm like, oh, be careful. Yeah, be so careful. Where the Bible is is often very plain spoken, and my job, so to say, as a Christ follower, is to conform my life to God's truth, not get God to agree with my life. And this, this, honestly, Joe, this is not just um, sexual identity stuff. Sure. This is the prosperity gospel. It's everything, yeah. This is uh, politics. Mm-hmm. And then this is this shows up. This can show up in marriage. Yeah. It can show up in parenting. Mm-hmm. It can show up in any self righteous act where I want you to be wrong, so I put God on my side. Yep. Instead of letting the higher truth or the clearer truth of Scripture. Me proving my wife wrong with a Bible verse, when I do that, or if I do that, I've, I have uh, truncated or cut out the higher truth of loving and yielding to my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I found a verse that agrees with me so that you're wrong. And we, we can do this in parenting, and kids can do it to parents. We do it to each other all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a, there's a bigger statement or a bigger truth that you have to bypass uh-huh. to weaponize that one that way. And anytime you do that, you're not being faithful to God's Word. And any pastor that does that is a heretic, and they're not being faithful to God's Word. This the, These are not issues of like, we disagree or um, we're genuinely wrestling with something. This is, it says it, I don't want it to say it, so I'm going to find a way for it not to say it. Yeah. And as a shepherd, uh, the Bible says that pastors, elders are to be given double honor. Um, so in other words, uh, if I'm your pastor, you would, what I say would have a, a greater authority in your life because of my spiritual leadership. But it also means I have double accountability. Right. Right. 
And when false teachers, which the scripture warns about all the way through, yeah. in the Old Testament, they're called false prophets. New Testament, they're called false prophets or false teachers. When false teachers purposely teach falsely, um, they are going to, the Bible says every human being is going to give an account for their life before God. And they're going to be held deeply accountable for that. That is not uh, a faithful teacher making a mistake. Mm -hmm. That is not godly people disagreeing about a piece of theology. This is false teachers who purposely teach falsely. I found something in the Bible that agrees with what everybody wants to agree with, and I'm going to say that that's what God said. And that's, that is heretical. Mm -hmm. We operate in that small uh, amount of accountability all the time on day-to-day -day things. If if I'm lost and I stop at a gas station and I ask somebody, hey, do you know how to get to this place? And I'm like, yeah, take a left, take a right, right down there about a mile down the road. And I take a life and a right, a left and a right, and go about a mile down the road and it's not there. I'm like, doggone it. That guy didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. But if if my phone GPS takes me to the wrong place, I'm livid. <laughs> yeah. That was the point of yeah. that app was yeah. to be good at that. And so it's one thing it's to be like, yeah. you know, oh, you know, this is kind of what I think. But when your shepherds lead you down the wrong path, like that's a big deal. And that's exactly what God is saying. Yeah. I, I, if you're going, if we're going to set this up for you to look toward these leaders and then they lead you away from me, well, Jesus says it'd be better if a millstone was tied around their that's feet right. and thrown into the wa water um, than to face <laughs> that accountability. So, and and let me say, like, that our listener mm -hmm. specifically referenced an Anglican priest. So let me just say this: every branch of Christianity has false teachers. And every branch of Christianity has Christ-centered teachers. That's really good. And so be careful that you don't lump, because you can go and say, what are you doing going to that church? Like, there, there are, there, the standard is not the brand of your Christianity. The, the standard is the gospel of Christ and the Word of God. Yeah. And so there are... There are uh, people of different denominations, men of different denominations, I don't agree with all that they think about the Scripture, but I see why they think it. Mm. I do not think that they're necessarily a false teacher uh, because it's a, it's a disputable matter or it's a, it's a discernment matter. But when you talk about, is the Word of God the Word of God? Or you talk about is the gospel the, the gospel of Jesus the gospel of Jesus? These are non-disputable matters. Yeah. How you are saved, and is the Bible something that you should trust as the words of God is a non-disputable matter. When my friend who has a charismatic leaning and I are looking at the same passage, we're we're both looking for the authority of God's word, yeah. and there can be differences there. Mm -hmm. When my friend, who um, is a conservative evangelical, he practices baptism. He dunks you once, and I dunk you three times. But we're both doing it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit by immersion. That is a disputable matter. Mm -hmm. I, I practice something different than he practices it. Uh, when a church uses an organ and we use a band, that's a disputable matter. When the Bible says something... And you say it doesn't. 
that is unacceptable. And, and uh, that, is, that is a difference between a true teaching and a false teaching, a genuine heart trying to lead people genuinely to the heart and the mind of Christ, and the heart of a false teacher who ultimately will lead you away. Um, so I, you just need to know that, that there can be uh, godly clergy in different arenas that maybe isn't the one you're in. Mm-hmm. There certainly can be godly sheep in different arenas than the one that you're, that you're in. But when something is wrong or outside the bounds of Scripture, it is wrong, mm-hmm. and it is outside the bounds of Scripture. Yeah. Those are some good clarifying comments, Jeff, and I hope um, people are sensing the need to seek the heart of the Father, the idea that if if we kind of disagree with the Scripture, we have to understand what just happened there. Are we the one to say this is what God says, or is the Word of God the one that says what the word what yeah. God says? Who are you, old man? Yeah. <laughs> you, the, the, the clay does not say to the potter. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and so doesn't mean we have to. Uh, what, how did you say it earlier? Um, it doesn't mean I always have to initially agree with what the Bible says. But if I'm arguing with it, then I'm changing the order yeah. of the authority, and that's uh, I'm going to trust the heart of the Father when I don't understand it yet. That's right. Uh, that's really good. Well, if you have any questions that you'd like us to engage here on the podcast, you can always do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take any unique next steps or point you in any direction of resources, reach out, let us know. We'd love to help. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a community of people seeking after Jesus, feel free to join us here in person uh, here at Grace or find us online. Thank you so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.